Welcome to another edition of Echoes in the Bone. Uh, my name is Dennis Howard, and we have a very special guest today. We want to welcome Paul Porter, author, radio person, entrepreneur, and a person who is well known in the music industry. And we're going to be talking about his book, Blackout, and we're going to be talking about radio and, and entrepreneurship. So Paul, welcome to Echoes in the Bone. Thank you, Dennis, man. It's good to be here, man. When you were given that intro about ownership and it's like something new. I've been in the business 43 years now. I just had my 63rd birthday not too long ago. And, and, and for a long time, you know, coming up in the late 60s and 70s, we didn't talk about ownership. We talked about getting a good job with benefits because, you know, we were correction officers and, and policemen and, you know, teachers and nurses and, and sometimes doctors and lawyers. But we, we never talked about owning businesses. And I'm glad, you know, I've been a student of this game for a long time and seeing growth in radio and television and film and and it's about connecting the dots and ownership for sure. Yeah, it's a similar situation in Jamaica where a lot of us, uh, we were trained to be in the professional areas and not uh, re really focus on entrepreneurship and ownership. So it is, it, is, it is almost like a similar trajectory. So tell us about your journey. Where, where did it start in radio? Hey man, it, it 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 well. It started, man, in Jamaica, Queens. You know, growing up, I was lucky enough. My best friend, growing up, his his father married Nina Simone. So when I was young, I used to go spend weekends, and he was her manager. And back in the early seventies, Nina Simone. And Andy Stroud, that was his name, my first mentor, you know, they had ownership of their masters and used to go to battle. And, you know, so I sort of grew up with a revolutionary edge in me, you know, late 60s and early 70s, went to college and uh, started at Northeastern University, a college station and, and changed the format from you know, all white university to a black college station. And Wendy Williams came up under me, uh, a guy who's the CNN bureau chief. And so it's been a good experience that brought me to DC and DC. I uh, was working in NBC, a station near KISS. We went number one, got a television show that led to BET. I spent 10 years at BET. Uh, from talent to Midnight Love, Video Vibes, Video Soul, all in the 90s, from, to music consultant to uh, PD at the network. And, and, you know, that's when things started to change for me in terms of ownership and, and working for myself. So, you know, I have a station in Orlando. It's a nonprofit station called The Wire. We do a lot of mentoring with young kids. Uh, we have a program at Evans High School where we take on uh, seven interns, pay positions, and we've got to take one class to uh, some of the students to Ghana. 
then uh, Hong Kong the second year, back to Ghana the third. So it, it, it's been an evolution. And I've got to work in radio stations with some of the greats, you know, WBLS in New York, Kiss in DC, HUR, The Quiet Storm, Started Magic, worked in Miami to talk radio in Atlanta. So yeah, music and people are in my blood, but the best thing is the relationships that you build. And 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 being open to doing different things, you know. I've worked at AOL, done television, do commercials, uh, voiceovers. So it, it's been a fun journey. Okay, uh, you've mentioned WBLS, and uh, there's a similarity in your voice texture with 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 somebody I used to listen to, Vaughn Harper. You know, in, in at BLS, uh, you remember him? Yeah, man. I used to yeah. sit in when I. Yeah, of course. I used to sit in for Vaughn. I got to know Vaughn well when I was in D.C. and he used to do these uh, special nights at a club called Sweetwaters where he would have up-and-coming talent. And I would come from D.C. to go to Vaughn Harper's party because Vaughn was the man. He was, uh, you know, the Quiet Storm oh. on 107.5 WBLS. Ah, yeah. Beautiful. Vaughn was... Vaughn, but I remember Vaughn's a legend, man. Yeah, but I, man, yeah. I remember your voice now from BET, uh, because we've been we've been watching BET from the inceptions in in Jamaica because we had we started to watch BET. I think from the, it it started because we at that time were into cable, I uh, know uh, satellite dishes, and uh, okay. I worked at the at JBC, the Jamaica Broadcasting Corporation, and we would have access to satellite. And we would watch BET and was, you know, really fascinated with the fact that we were hearing black music. You don't might not know, but there's a big connection between the music of um, uh, North America and, and Jamaican music, rock steady reggae. Uh, I believe it's basically the, the, the one music. Oh, no, no. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, yeah, no doubt, man. Look, my family's half from Trinidad and Jamaica. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I know how, what music inspires and uh, takes us in the right direction. Yeah. And, and it's definitely a solid mix. Uh, and, and it's a study of world music too, man. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what upsets me now, that kids don't, you know, get the same flavor that we did growing up. It's so one format focus that, you know, they don't even know what bands are anymore because music's become so, I call it microwave music. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes in real fast. It's produced on the computer. It's not composed for feeling anymore. And it does real well in a short period of time. It's not like, you know, those timeless records. Before big records would take, the whole summer and there would be summer jams that you would know but now they're four weeks five weeks and they're done yeah uh, so that's that's so true all right let's talk about the music industry now you've been in the music industry for a, a little while and in your book blackout you speak about some of the issues that are affecting the music and the business part of it have, 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 have black music been treated well, generally? 
I mean, black music's always been the second fiddle, even when it's the top dog, <laughs> you know? Even when records were going off the shelves. I mean, look, it's America. I love the place, but, you know, capitalism rules and those with money normally make money. You know, I call it a zip code mentality. Sometimes you got to fight to get out of your zip code and area, move up. But most of the time, the access and the connections are in not in our communities. So we got to work a lot harder. I always say life is not fair, but to get there, you got to work a whole lot harder, but that's okay. At least you know it and don't expect any handouts, especially in music and entertainment. Like we got to think ownership. We so get excited by Instagram and social media and likes, but we're always on other people's platforms. And, and that's why I always stress ownership, especially in the digital space. Yeah. It's not what's happening now. Like if you're planning on what's going on in four or five years from now, well, then you'll be prepared and be out in front of things. But we always sort of follow behind as black folks and our number one consumers, especially in mobile. Yeah. So we see people like Puffy, Dr. Dre, uh, Beyonce, Jay-Z, well, we know they're the top top tier, but we see them and, and people like P. Diddy, they are what we call entrepreneurs now, owning stuff. Uh, is, so is that a, a significant change? Will we see the kind of unity and uh, networking that we see in other races and other groups of people and create generational wealth? Will, you, will we see that kind of trajectory for, for Black music and Black people in America? Of course we will, but it's going to take time. Like I said earlier, like when I was growing up, it was about getting a job, like getting a city job or going to the army. Like that was like the only options. And, you know, every 20 years it gets better. We're teaching kids to be owners younger. We're, we, we have some wealth to leave down or, or starting to build. Think about it, man, when generational wealth, passing down the wealth, that's how people build businesses. Nothing like having a free home, <laughs> you know, but we don't experience that and we don't get out in front. And now that we're starting to earn the money and hopefully putting it back in our own community, then we'll see change, but it's not going to happen in like four or five years. Now we're just at the part where we have, you know, a uh, hundred people making $10 million, you know, that was different than, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago where it was, you know, 10 stars making $2 million mm -hmm. if that. So anyway, it, it's a different time and it's a process. I just think it's getting better, but it's going to take time. And, and we have to study each other more and reach out. So, uh, you know, that's why I try to talk to everybody all the time. You never know. Sometimes we look up so much, we never yeah. look on side of us. It builds sideways yeah. and lift up together. We know that uh, Caribbean people have contributed in a significant way to the development of culture in, in places like New York, Florida, far as the West Coast. But there's sometimes resistance 
where we don't seem to want to connect together and, and there's a, a distancing. And, you know, as I just said, I think the music is just one music, but sometimes we kind of pit the music against each other. Right now in Jamaica, the, mu the music is moving towards what we call trap dancehall and one beat. And some people are resisting it and saying that we should not, you know, be influenced by the music of, of a foreign. What I'm saying is the same music because reggae and dancehall was influenced by, by R&B and soul and hip hop was influenced by reggae yeah. and hip so, uh, so what's the big deal? You know, I, I, I think we're fighting over apples and oranges. You know, I'm more worried about the, the, the content and the balance. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, back in the 80s, five out of the top 10 songs on the black charts were ballads, like love songs and different messages. And here we are, you know, you know, 30 years later, and it's the exact opposite. There are no love songs anymore, you know? And, and some of that attitude of is, is through music culture. Like mm -hmm. when you listen to a lot of the hip hop records and trap records, it's about sex, misogyny, bling, bravado. There's no balance and that's not all of our stories, you know, but right now, we're sort of stuck on stupid and the industry's controlling us. And it's sort of battles, we battle against each other instead of building up. And hip hop, you know, back in the day, man, the biggest songs in the world were like Fight the Power and some some, some of these yeah. songs to uplift you, yeah. So uh, do you think that in, the, in, the, in, pop, in popular music, no, we are more interested in the sound and the beat and not necessarily the lyrics. I think we're interested in what people shove down our throats. You know, most people are sheep and they get their sources from the same Spotify playlists or the same radio stations or Instagram friends. And, and if the masses are consuming Cardi B and uh, Megan Thee Stallion WAP all day, well, you know, a big company puts $2 million in the marketing. You're going to see it in streams and you're going to get eyeballs. And that's the difference, you know, with, with, with music. It's run by three big companies and they sort of control the culture. And now on the pop side, pop guys, Ed Sheeran, that's an R&B album. But he's white and plays the guitar, so it's yeah. you know. But the R and B yeah. melodies and riffs, uh, and they're put together like classic songs. That's why he was the biggest touring artist in the world in 2019. He broke every record, yeah. almost uh, 750. Uh, anyway, it's crazy numbers, million. So usually, when we we we, we reach to this point where the music is controlled by corporate. There's usually the development of a counterculture or a subculture. That's how hip hop came about. That's how reggae came about. That's how techno came about. That's how grime came about in the UK. Uh, will you be seeing the same, a similar kind of movement which will kind of save the music from itself? Yeah, it's sort of interesting, man. There's a... There's a lot more talk going on. Like we, you know, the mobile aids sort of led us away from conversations. 
and I, I've been stuck on this new app called Clubhouse. It's yeah. just for iOS now, and it's an audio chat app where there's different rooms you go in, and you could talk to the biggest stars in the world. You might be in a room with ten people, and you know I was in a room with Kevin Hart asking a question, or Scooter Braun, or the the president of Distro Kid, the distributor. So it's I, I think I think podcasting and it's going to be huge over the next decade. It's just hard to find out who's really good, but everybody's trying to do it on their own. And then the market is going to correct itself and we'll see who's on top. Mm. That's, that's a good segue to discuss the digital world right now. Everything is digital. You spoke about podcasts, uh, internet radio, uh, internet TV. What's the future for, sir, for, as a radio person, what's the future for podcasting and, and more specifically internet radio? How do you see it going? Well, I, I think just because you have an internet radio station doesn't mean you have a radio station. Like people are have to do their research beside beside equipment and microphones and learn how to conduct an interview and make people feel drawn into your 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 podcast or your yeah. broadcast and, and and I think we got to do a better job of that in teaching folks uh how to be better at it you know because it's not for everybody but right now there's like 50% of the people doing it are doing it to no audience. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if it's a hobby, but it, you know, sometimes you got to spend time. Like when people tell me they have a nice voice. So what? That doesn't mean that you can, you know, Live interpret cop, yeah. uh, copy or so, you know, it, it's, it's always a learning game wherever you're at in, in life, you got to, put some time into it before you can win. All right. So tell me some more about your book. I, I mentioned it earlier, the blackout and uh, spoke about the, 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 the section on, on Piola, but tell us some more about that book and why that book is a very important book. Uh, well, why people should read it. Blackout my 40 years in the music business. I think to better understand the game or the industry, it's always best to know history. And history, you know, repeats itself. So the book starts out, you know, a long time ago and builds up. And I I talk openly about what really happens from the inside out. You know, the book opens up and I talk about, I I went back in 99 to BET to be program director. It was in 66 million homes at the time. I checked in. On Saturday, I get a FedEx, and it just says Karen Klein. They call me to the desk, and there's three envelopes with thousands of dollars and $100 bills, no note, no nothing. And I'm like, what the hell? I get to work, and I get a phone call from a record rep said, hey, we just wanted to send you some money to welcome you to town. And anyway, I, I tell how I dealt with that, and and change but there's so many things 
when it comes to the industry that are about money. And, and I, I, I share my experiences. You can also see there's a good, if, if you want to Google Paul Porter blackout and C-SPAN, they gave me 90 minutes. And I just talk about the pains and the growth. I've got to work with some big people. I got hired and fired by the president of uh, BET, Bob Johnson. I mean, the founder, and Kathy Hughes. I, she's the biggest radio owner. I started her her station from a zero share to number four in nine months and got fired and worked for Frankie Crocker, who's one of the best. And, and you know, it, it's just a good book about a life story mm -hmm. and how some of the deals and some of the different things that I've done and experienced through friends like Wendy Williams and different people. So uh, I, I promise it's a good read. And, and it's an honest read. All the books I read about the industry is always a reporter on the outside. So, you know, it, it, it's different being on the inside. And, and I see the reckoning industry like the dogs that they are, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. They, they assume to be like, they rip off artists all the time. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they, they turn their backs on people you know, they have selective amnesia and a lot of people in this business do. And, and that's what I want the young folks to understand. You got a better chance of being a surgeon than being Jay-Z. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And the, yeah. the, the surgeon, you got to work harder, but the chances are pretty good. You know, if you put in the work, this business sometimes doesn't make sense. Like if you think there's 40,000 new songs put up on Spotify every day worldwide. So look at that competition. And I know you think you're doing it, but really, are you really studying the game? Are you really, you know, connecting the dots and building relationships to save you time and money? And, and those are the questions I ask folks. I got a new app, it's called Music Biz U. It's up in the app store. And, and the website to Music Biz U, where uh, I do a lot of training for free and money for uh, a lot of young artists. So it's been fun bonding with people mm -hmm. and learning their stories. Because the one thing is they never have a plan. They got a record in a video and no yeah. plan, yeah. no budget to market it, no, 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 you know, plan on what's going to happen in six months or, or how to make money back. Because now we're chasing streams, which are 0.003%. You know, if you have a million streams with nobody has for an independent artist, that's like 3,000 from YouTube. Like, yeah. really? Yeah. How many people have a million streams? I got a record out with 100 million streams. Yeah. And that money's not good, yeah. you know? So, uh, you know, the money comes from different forms. So, until we learn that and start sharing it more, these independent artists can be more successful. And, and you know, I know you talk about technology on this podcast too. Like yeah. to own an app now, it's not the same money that it used to be. Like you can live stream and chat on my app and you know, you, you, you keep control of notifications 
and you own it. Like nobody can shut you down. These other platforms, you know, DJs have run from Facebook to Instagram and now they're on Twitch. And then they always change the rules on you. So you build an audience for somebody else's business. In Jamaica here, we don't differentiate between the business and the celebrity aspect of the industry. So we focus on the star and the activities of the star. And and we look at the show, the pretty cars, the jewelry. Oh, that's here too, though. The lifestyle, yeah. I'd like for you to explain from a Jamaican perspective, for, for our Jamaican audience, what it takes to take a song from studio to being a hit song in terms of all of the different steps that you have to and, and what, it, what, it, what it cost you? Well, number one, it costs money. Like there was uh, one of the greatest record promoters of his day, Joey Bonner, he passed years ago. He used to say, $200,000? I can give you a top five record. And that was 20 years ago. So the money that is spent, because, you know, everybody in this business is making money. Like if if somebody says they're going to do marketing for you and you have a 20,000 budget, 10,000, that's going in their pocket. And then they're going to go out. And anyway, it's a lot of dollars. Like it's not free. And of course, there's the organic route. But people have to learn and make a plan to sustain. Years ago, I have a record out with my cousin. It's called Chris Porter, The Water Dance. That's the one with 100 million streams. But for example, we spent $50,000 on radio promotion. We went out to L.A. to do a video with Trisha Miranda, who's a choreographer who has this dance studio with the baddest dancers paid nine grand for that video, got it played on about five stations in around Florida and a station in New York on satellite radio. Well, it turned it turned out a winner for us, but you know, we spent seventy thousand and made two fifty. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not a game of uh winners. You know what I mean? Most most companies lose on eight out of ten of the projects but it's the one that does you know the one Adele album that does 24 million worldwide where everybody gets a bonus on so it's a lot of smoke and mirrors what 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 they see in Jamaica is the same thing that we see here Mm -hmm. we we get all the Instagram and the flashy cars but when you look for those people five years from now they're broke (laughs) you know because they never really had it you know yeah. But that's what everybody wants to see. And you watch Cardi B buying her little daughter a $80,000 bag or something. Really? Do you yeah. really think that they got this world set up for us to do this? Like, <laughs> but, but we get tricked. Yeah. So explain the difference between spending money for breaking a record and payola. Payola is illegal. But the average person tells you to take a song to a record promoter who has relationships with stations and places. And a lot of times they broker deals with programmers and music directors to play your your music for money. You know, for every four weeks, it might be $600 at one station for an ad or 
$1,500 at uh, a station in Philadelphia. That's just, you know, there's a great article that I tell everybody to look up. Just search Rolling Stone, Paul Porter, Paola's. It's like 22 minutes of audio, but it breaks down just how Paola works and talks to a lot of credible people all inside the industry of, you know, look, it's $11 billion industry. You, you think they're going to let you get in on that money for free? And the amazing thing in 2019, I think it was $11.8 billion, And the artists only made 12% of it. Ah, 12% of mm -hmm. what they, yeah. So you got to think of like, there's a lot of ways if your business is making money about, you know, making money, the music business is a good lesson. We're, we're always trying to learn and teach others. Give us some advice in terms of radio, in terms of the music industry, and of course, entrepreneurship as we close. Uh, yeah, radio is, is changing, man. There's a lot of platforms where you can get to practice and, and, and build your audience now to be in a bunch of homes all over. Look, I look at radio as communication. Like what you say in between records matters. And when you have that attitude, you can build the audience and, and respect everybody. And now, now the job has to be, you know, not only getting likes and comments on your social media, but reaching back out and writing five words back to people. You got to be able to, you know, build your audience. And I think the music industry is, is really suffering in terms of independent artists. A lot of people are spending a lot of money with no knowledge of what, what to do. They don't do the work and the research. And, you know, I know so many people that have lost ten, twenty thousand dollars investing in bad things that don't last. And then they walk away from it. And that's sad. And it all comes down to ownership. You know, I don't care if you own your app or website or you, you build up your platform somewhere but if it's owning a radio station and a lot of those are being sold over the next couple of years because the big companies are divesting like crazy so there's a lot of opportunities but you know my my 43 year old journey and making money and checks is ownership you know i think that's you know because now you have a global audience like you don't have to get everybody a the neighborhood store anymore you can be online and touch lives and have you know i have a friend who has a business online business and he has like 140 countries his customers come from that's crazy you know but it's possible okay paul dropping gems as usual i want to thank you for being a uh, part of the echoes in the bones podcast all right well thank you dennis man and the book is blackout my 40 years in the music business and i'm on uh social media at music biz you so anybody reach out and touch man thank you a lot man for having me blessings give thanks